In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. It's time for Tea Party Talk, brought to you by the Rome Tea Party, a community committed to standing together, shoulder to shoulder, to protect our country and the Constitution upon which we were founded. Now, here's your host, Mike Morton. Good morning, Romans. It's been one more great week in Rome, Georgia, and Floyd County. We'll take on a little bit of it and see if we can peel a few layers of onions back. But, welcome all. Welcome to Tea Party Talk. Brought to you by the Rome Tea Party right here on WLAQ 1410 AM and on 96.9 FM. The new Rome FM. I'm your host, Mike Morton. Now, folks, just in case you uh, don't remember... Keep in mind that we are Rome's only conservative radio talk show. And one more reminder, in case you miss us uh, on the regular schedule on Saturday mornings at 9.30 a.m., you can catch us on Saturday morning at WLAQ1410.com throughout the um, afternoon on Saturday afternoon at Facebook, the Rome Tea Party, 24 and 7, throughout the weeks that follow, okay? Okay, folks, let's uh, let's see if we can, um, can get started here. Now, uh, as you will figure out sh- shortly, and maybe have already figured out, I'm, I'm freelancing it here uh, on this, and so I'll be doing, I'll be doing the show, and I'm going to be taking uh, taking some uh, hints, if you will, from one of our uh, great Rush babies, Mark Stein. Uh, I think you all know Mark Stein, and you most of you uh, do like him a lot. Uh, I, I, for one, and so uh, I'm going to be using Mark Stein uh, to talk about what he calls our increasingly unrecognizable civilization. Um, and so let, let's get started here with, uh, with, with some, some Mark Steinisms. He says, I live about 20 minutes south of the Canadian border, which used to be called the longest undefended frontier in the world. People moved freely back and forth across it all day, every day. But now it's been closed for over a year. I didn't know that, did you? At one point, my daughter asked me to drive her up there because there was a 30-minute opportunity for people on one side to talk to their friends on the other. Sad, as President Trump would say. 
It was like Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin during the Cold War, except that both sides are now like East Berlin. I don't know how this happened, says Stein, but it is just one indication that America and the West in general have become almost unrecognizable from what they were not that long ago. And I think you're seeing that. I think most of you uh, uh, have an understanding of that and have a great fear of what will be happening to our nation as it becomes more and more unrecognizable. Let's just look at just three things we have lost. One is equality before the law, something absolutely essential to a free society. In its place, we now have politicized law. If a policeman fatally shoots someone, whether his name is released to the public depends on whether the shooting is consistent with the preferred narrative of the ruling class. A policeman recently took down a young woman who was threatening the life of another young woman with a knife, and that policeman was immediately identified. Indeed, his photo was posted and he was threatened by NBA superstar LeBron James on Twitter. On the other hand, we know nothing of the policeman who shot dead an unarmed woman in the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. His name will apparently never be released to the public. And this, uh, you know, to many of, of you and, and to us, this, this hurts us in our hearts uh, that this woman uh, was shot in the back uh, and with no, uh, with, with no identification. Second, border control. Functioning societies, at least since the peace of Westphalia, three centuries ago, have borders. America has no southern border and no plans to get one. The official position of our government seems to be that any of the 7 billion persons on this planet has a right to come and stay in the U.S. for three years until his or her assigned court date comes up. Stay in the U.S. for three years. As the number of people with pending cases continues to grow, that three years will extend out to five or seven or 15 years. If we get all seven billion people to come here, the court system will break down entirely, and maybe we can go back to having a functioning border. And thirdly, Dare I bring up the fact that it is a real question whether we can go back to agreeing to have open and honest elections. Open and honest elections. And what do we know about our elections? We know that they weren't open and honest. I don't care what you, what you say. We know, every one of us know. Uh, in our hearts and in our minds, that we did not have 
open and honest election. Control of our borders and equality before the law, then we don't have the conditions for politics or free government. And here's the thing. It is not at all clear to me that many of America's conservative politicians understand the seriousness of all this. You can see it in the fact that they go around trying to scare people with the specter of a radical socialist agenda. For well over a year now, we have been living in a world in which it's accepted as normal that the state has essential, essentially unlimited power. The state has essentially unlimited power and in which our freedom to decide for ourselves has been diminished almost to invisibility. Why do these conservative politicians think the words radical socialist agenda still scare anyone in a time uh, when the state can tell us whether we can have Aunt Mabel over for Christmas? They are completely out of touch. Over the same period as the pandemic lockdown, we have seen an escalation of so-called wokeness. Wokeness, that word. And if you look at one of the most startling manifestations of this, transgender fanaticism, which involves, after all, the ability, the abolition of biological sex, and, I'm sorry to have to say it, the physical mutilation of children, one notices that America is further down the road than any other country in the Western world. In other words, at this moment of crisis for Western civilization, or for what we used to call Christendom, the leading country of the free world is pulling the wrong way. Our country. Think of it. Your daughter has been training since she was a little girl to run in school sports. Now at 17, she's in the state high school track championships, and you are forbidden even to notice that she's competing against a woman who is six foot two with thighs like tugboats, a great touch of five o'clock shadow on her face, and the most muscular bosom you've ever seen. You're not supposed to notice the craziness of this, and the craziness is at its craziest right here in America. We traditionally think of France as being a bit screwy, but today there are French intellectuals who regard themselves as hardcore leftists and yet who think America has gone bonkers on this transgender issue. President Macron himself has said that America, American wokeness is an existential threat to the French Republic. And he even found bureaucrats in France's uh, education bureaucracy who agreed. There is not a single bureaucrat in the Department of Education in Washington, D.C. who would agree 
but there are apparently a few in Paris. If you look further east in uh, Europe to the lands that were once behind the Iron Curtain, to Hungary, Poland, the Czech Republic, which still function as conventional nation-states calculating their best interests, you find tremendous fear of the threat of wokeness that is being exported, sometimes aggressively, from, um, um, from America. So it's here in the U.S. where we have to put the stake through those ideas. But again, even most of our conservative leaders and uh, institutions seem oblivious. School districts in America are talking about revisiting their curricula to cover transgender issues in from grade school uh, from grade school on. Now I want to. uh, I went to an English boys' school, and we were expected to pick up sexuality on our own time. In those days, people would have looked puzzled if you had said, we're going to have to cancel uh, geography or Latin because we need to put gay studies in there. Those days, instead of going off behind the bike, shed during recess to learn about sex, Kids need to sneak behind the bike shed to do a little bit of closet geography or closeted uh, Latin. It's completely backwards. And yet, what do we hear from most conservative Republicans, uh, most conservative politicians, that it would be nice to offer people a tax cut? We are way beyond tax cuts. We're broke. We just, we're just a smidgen away from $30 trillion in federal debt. Something with no historical precedent. Talking about tax cuts today is like talking about VAT tax refunds on the Titanic. It's not actually what's necessary at the moment. The things our news media talks about incessantly, whether it's transgender bathrooms or Confederate statues, nothing like this is heard in China as it strengthens its position as the world's leading power. The Chinese don't find themselves stuck in these sterile, drain-circling conversations about identity politics. They are a waste of time, and we should demand of our politicians that they talk about things that aren't a waste of time. Another big issue that should take our minds off tax cuts is China. I can't get over the way we in the U.S. have been ordered by our government and the CDC to punish ourselves by living small, shrunken lives, while the people in China who loosened this pandemic on the world 
have paid no price for it at all. Dr. Fauci has been a federal government bureaucrat since uh, 1968. He's the J. Edgar Hoover of public health. He talks about the COVID virus as if we're at war. But he seems to think a country wins a war by taking it out on the on his own population rather than the enemy, which is what we've done. Which do you think was the only major economy to grow in 2020? It's not hard. It's not a hard question. America's economy shrank 35% last year. The economies of Germany and Japan shrank almost 5%. France's, Italy's, and India's economies all shrank over 8%. And the economy of the United Kingdom was down 10%. China's economy, on the other hand, grew 2.3% in 2020. And first quarter growth for 2021 in China set a new world record. It was up over 18.3%. The COVID pandemic has been a hugely profitable uh, for China. U.S. policy uh, towards China since the 1990s represents uh, perhaps the biggest strategic miscalculation by any great power in American history. Just as communism was wobbling and beginning to fall else everywhere else, we helped Beijing come up with the first economically viable form of communism. At first, we were told it was only our manufacturing that we would ship to China. After all, we were told it wasn't economically viable for Americans to make widgets. Remember the talk in the 90s? We were going to be the knowledge economy. All the clever people told us this. We weren't going to have mills and factories, but we were going to be the knowledge economy. Well, in case you haven't noticed, China got the entire knowledge economy for itself. It makes our laptops and our smartphones, and it's out, it's out front with Huawei and 5G. It also makes the batteries that power our gizmos and the chips that run our cars. When COVID struck, we found our fast out we found out fast that the Chinese not only make our viruses, they also make the personal protective equipment that protects us against these viruses and all our medicines to boot. These wily Chinese get you both coming and going. China is now the number one global power. You can define this militarily, where it now has the largest surface fleet on the planet. You can define it economically, but the way I define it, says Stein, it is to look at who gets its way in the world. New Zealand has just effectively pulled out of the 
Five Eyes Intelligence Sharing Arrangement, an arrangement between the U.S., the U.K., China, I'm sorry, Canada, uh, Australia, and New Zealand, the oldest such arrangement on the planet. New Zealand has pulled out with respect to China because it doesn't want to offend China. I would think Canada might be the next to go or look at the World Health Organization. America pays for it, but Chairman Xi in Beijing calls the shots. China gets its way now, and the U.S. doesn't. We need politicians with a sense of urgency about uh, these problems. But all they seem to have is urgency about things that aren't urgent. Look at climate change. People say we need to take action over climate change or else rising sea levels are going to overwhelm the Maldives in the Indian Ocean in the 22nd century. That's the century after this one, which is still quite young. These same people say about the immediate crisis on the southern border that it's a natural phenomenon beyond the control of politicians. But changing the weather in order to lower the sea level that will threaten the Maldives in the Indian Ocean in the next century is within the power of politicians in general. Our leaders are urgent about nothing that matters and not in the least bit urgent about things that matter very much. The things our news media talks about incessantly, whether it's transgender bathrooms or Confederate statues being toppled or the totally dishonest national conversation on race, nothing like this is heard in China as it goes along steadily, strengthening its position as the world's leading power. The Chinese don't find themselves struck in these sterile, drain-circling, dishonest public conversations about identity politics. These conversations are a waste of time. And one thing we should demand of our politicians is that they talk about things that aren't a waste of time. At the root of our problem is that we have uh, seen the emergence of the true ruling class like grand dukes in medieval Europe. It, its members uh, intermarry. They send their kids to the same school. They circulate back and forth between government and the private sector. And over time, it has become increasingly easy to identify members of this class. John Kerry gave a commencement address a couple of years ago in which he told the students, you are going to be the first generation to live in a borderless world. And for the elite, the idea of borderless world rings true. A typical member of the ruling class will get a job with a firm like Golden, uh, Goldman Sachs, work for a couple of years in Hong Kong, then move on for a couple of years in Geneva, and then maybe come back to America 
What are borders to such a person? Indeed, for the common American, COVID has literally ended to a large degree any freedom of movement. They live in the far and in the farthest thing from the borderless world. Oftentimes, they are trapped in a town that is dying because of the open border, cheap labor policies uh, advocated by people like uh, John Kerry. The ruling class tries to keep uh, racial and other forms of division uh, stirred up in our politics so that we uh, don't notice the class protection racket they are running. Look at that guy from Twitter, Jack Dorsey, who wears a beard like he's playing the hobo in a Charlie Chaplin silent film. Our elites have become incredibly, uh, incredibly good at theater. Okay, folks, this is going to be wrapping it up now. Um, we'll, we're going to take a moment here uh, to, to let you uh, get in the mood for uh, uh, some of the great, uh, the great music of, uh, of uh, this time of year. And uh, what we're going to be doing in, uh, is in just a moment, you're going to hear some Lee Greenwood. And I think there's not a one of you out there that doesn't, uh, that does not uh, cotton to Lee Greenwood. Uh, so if you'll hold on just a moment, uh, we'll, we'll get it going. Just my children and my wife Thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men Today, cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. Across the plains of Texas From sea to shining sea From Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. There's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say That I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free 
And now, I would be remiss if I didn't enthusiastically say thanks to our sponsors. They keep our boat afloat, so thank you, Ann Cruz, Chuck Stein, Dave and Jean Wall, Paper Pack, Deborah Porterfield, Mike Morton, the law offices of David Goldenshoe, and Joe Manzella. With that having been said... We'll see you next week on Tea Party Talk.